Backstories is an annual multi-sided storytelling festival located in the suburbs of Perth and beyond. Produced by the team at Centre for Stories, Backstories gives community members the chance to spend an afternoon with friends and family in the comfort of a neighbour's backyard and enjoy hearing local music and stories from trained storytellers. Backstories was possible with generous support from our sponsors, Lottery West, the Department of Local Government, Sport and Cultural Industries, the City of Bayswater and the Centre for Stories Founders Circle. This is a live recording of our Backstories event located in the suburb of Mount Lawley. Recorded on the 20th of March 2021, this afternoon featured live music from The Happy Girls and emceeing from A.D. Chapman. The story you're about to hear is from Rita. Positive people are so annoying. I know that because I am one. (laughs) And (laughs) after last year, I definitely learnt that being positive always, always, all the time, isn't mandatory. Um, So I was fortunate to have to rethink about what I was doing. And so my 2020 um, involves some random adventures, um, but most importantly, it made me have conversations that I hadn't had in a very long time. So come join me as I take you through what 2020 was to me. We start in January where after six years of living in the big smoke of Sydney, I landed my dream job. I work in sport and I um, ended up at the AFL. So sport in 2020, I'm not sure if you followed it. It's a bit random. <laughs> um, but I packed up my car with my Holden Astra hatchback with all my belongings six years of belongings in my car. There was no room for anyone to join me, so I went solo on this road trip. And I remember driving towards Melbourne and the sky was smoke, full of smoke. If you open the window, you just suck it all in because there were some devastating bushfires um, on the border of Victoria. And that was where I was driving towards. And I really hope that was an omen of my year. Um, but then I got to Melbourne and I was fortunate because I moved in with an old colleague who worked at the Grand Prix. And so there was these two sporty girls living in a townhouse in the urban oasis of a suburb I couldn't pronounce. Pran, Pran, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> so I changed my lifestyle. I went from my coastal walks in Coogee in Sydney to um, walking in sandals and getting rained on without an umbrella. Didn't learn the first time, didn't learn the second time, never learnt. Um, instead of walking down to say a beach, I was walking past a line of people who were, and this is like at 6.30 in the morning, mind you, who were going to Love Machine, which I'm not sure if anyone's been to, but it's a 24-hour club on Chapel Street in um, Paran. <laughs> um, so while I was on my way to work, they were just starting their night. <laughs> So it was a very short stint, um, especially once the word corona came into play. And I actually weirdly learnt about it in early Jan because the first project that AFL gave me was to market a game in Shanghai. I know, AFL in China. Um, So every week we had these long-ass meetings that went in circles and had no answer but to say that we're waiting for an update from the World Health Organisation. There was a virus, but we weren't sure what it was or we knew it was spreading in China. So that was mid-January. By mid-February, we cancelled the Shanghai game. And then what really hit home, or when Corona really kind of came full front, in my mind, was the week of the Grand Prix. So my poor housemate Sammy had been working long hours. If you've never heard of the Melbourne Grand Prix, or never, like, if you don't even care about Formula One, watch the Netflix Drive to Survive. Even if you hate cars, you will love this. It's very dramatic. Um, but... 
the Fort Melbourne um, Grand Prix is built from nothing. It's like building a grandstand and a function room at like Munga or the Swan River. It's just a running track. So it's not just a week building, it's a huge year, month build um, lead up. On the Wednesday um, of the week, she kindly invited me to an event called Glamour on the Grid, um, which was great for people watching. Um, but that was, I remember, it had been quite a, like some people like grieving at the event. It was actually quite a, a sad atmosphere. And I remember Sammy just like in tears saying that this is the only time we're ever going to use this space. By Friday, the Grand Prix was cancelled and all that money down the drain. That same Friday, work told us that we were working from home indefinitely. So I just moved to Melbourne, had probably just started to get to know people in the office. I started to get my sense of humour and my dad jokes. And I finally found my coffee shop. Um, but yeah, we were working from home indefinitely. Um, then the following week, we found out that there'd be no clouds at round one. All my marketing activity was pulled. And then that Wednesday, March 15, I remember waking up and I knew I had to leave Melbourne. One o'clock, I booked my flight. Five o'clock, I got my little carry-on, left my room as it was, drove my little Holden Astra Wolf to my friend Fran's parent-in-law's house in Coburg, which I'm embarrassed to say is still there, <laughs> and flew back to Perth. So after six years of hustle and bustle in Sydney and then two months in Melbourne, blink and you miss it, I was back in my parents' house in Bacatta. And then by end of April... We, I got the call up that um, because the season had stopped, there was no sport, um, I was one of 80% that were considered non-essential. And so I had no work. And that was the first time in a very long time. So I'm back in my hometown, I have all this time. What do I do? Well, I started walking with my dad around Lake Wellup. I think we did about 100, 100 laps from memory. Um, embarrassing though, that was the first, the only time I've ever been to Lake Wellup was last year and it's about five minutes down the road from their house. <laughs> um, another thing that I did was, I had all this time, was go on some trips, um, going to like Monkey Mire or um, we went, climbed up Bluff Manoa with my friend Kiara and it became a running joke of when are you going back to Melbourne? And then I'd be like May, then I'd be like June, then it was July and then they went into lockdown and then obviously I never went back. And then in June, I remember um, sitting with Carly, my friend Carly, and having some champagne and cheese, as one does, around her dining table. And she asked me a very simple question. What do you do for work? <laughs> and I remember thinking about it, going, well, I'm in marketing, but it's not like a teacher or a firefighter. Like, it, like it's hard to explain sometimes what I do. Um, and so my answer was, I tell stories. Um, I tell stories so that I can convince people to do what I want them to do. <laughs> and then um, she kind of she gave me this gift. She said, well, could you write my story? And so every Wednesday I came over with either a barmy or a continental roll from Restore. There'd always be dessert and we'd sit at this table and we'd have these conversations. And you've got to remember, I was away for six years and so... The conversations we had were very fleeting, like it always been a group. This one-on-one -on -one time, I didn't have in a very long time. And one of the conversations that came up was, positive people are so annoying. 
And it was because of her experience. Um, she had been in a, a freak accident and um, she had to go through some rehab and she remembers what people would say to her. They try to give her perspective and they try to spin shit into rainbows and butterflies, which is what I usually do for work and in my life. Um, but she gave me permission to actually feel what I was feeling. And that loss of control and not working where work had consumed a lot of my life to the point where here's a person, here I would say I'm so passionate about writing, but I never picked up a pen once in my six years in Sydney. And so each week I started writing and yes, it was about her, um, but then it made me realise that it was okay that I did feel like I was a bit out of control. Um, another conversation that I really loved was we talked about strangers that you never thought you'd meet. And then I think back of my 2020, and I'm not going to lie, I hope it doesn't change her spots. I, though I, was, I used to be more busy in my life in Sydney. I still had a couple of side hustles in this non-work period. I um, decided to help a friend in their environmental um, social enterprise. So if you plastic recycling, learnt a lot about that because you don't learn that much about that in sport. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then I, through there, I met one of this, an incredible human being who I'm still friends to this day. Um, I ended up getting a call up from the AFL going, oh, Rita, look, we're going to bring the AFL to WA. We're going to do these hubs. So I hired an assistant, my dad, and we drove <laughs> we drove around Perth, picking up fava beans from Coles because that's what the players like to eat, getting all the gym equipment. So, so apologies if you couldn't get any dumbbells or kettlebells. The AFL bought them all. Um, don't look in my garage. <laughs> um, and then, you know, we're just driving around and I sometimes thought to myself, I wonder what my dad's thinking, how I'm using my, my university degree right now. <laughs> um, and then beyond that, from 2020, something that really hit home, Carly asked me what I missed about my Sydney life. And something that really sparked was, I missed seeing my culture around me. Um, I'm Lebanese and when I lived in Sydney, something that I would do um, when I was missing my family was I would cook. I'd cook something that my mum had taught me. Oh, look, I cheated. Like, the hummus, I used tin cans. <laughs> and if you ask me how many times I've made hummus since I've been back to Perth, it's zero. <laughs> she makes it from the real stuff. Um, but I would cook. And so that's how I felt close to my culture. And then when you go to Western Sydney, you'd see Lebanese food everywhere and Lebanese sweets. And then in 2018, coincidentally, friends that I made in Sydney went, went to Lebanon and I like was asked to join them and so I went with them to Lebanon and my friend Lisa who's here today is the only other person in my family who's uh, met my who's met my auntie in 40 years um and I got to see a Lebanon that I probably had never understood before um there was these progressive areas like Mama Kale and Jamezi and the, the food and the people and the careers that I never thought existed there because when my parents left it they left it because of war um, but then the Lebanese explosion happened in Beirut and the areas that I just mentioned were the ones that were most effective. And I remember just feeling this sense of such sadness and disappointment where so much progression now, and, and I can't even imagine what their COVID experience is like. So 2020 had so many lessons for me. And when I look back at where I am now, I moved out of the parents' house into a backyard where I host dinner parties, which is what I did in Sydney, um, except I was in a smaller shoebox apartment and 15 people, and when it was 30 degrees, it was like 50 in there. 
I have made new friends and have learned about different experiences that I thought didn't exist in Perth because when I left, it's probably one of the reasons. Instead of running around, going from event to event and filling that gap and void where my friends and family were, I now just hang out with them. And, <laughs> and if 2020 teaches you anything, it's what's more important. So as much as I love my job and as much as I love spending time being busy and doing different activities, nothing beats being around the people that you love. So in 2020, I finally came home. Thank you for listening. Centre for Stories is a not-for-profit organisation with charitable status. Our team is small and nimble and we love what we do. To help us continue doing what we love, consider a small donation. You can donate at centreforstories.com.